This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red. A Wrexham AFC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news, and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that, let's get on with the show. Kreuzer. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. It's been 14 long years. Is this the weekend Wrexham finally returned to the Football League? It's highly unlikely, but then so too was two Hollywood superstars buying the club in the first place. So too was winning a game when you're losing 5-2 with 25 minutes left. Wrexham AFC, the greatest story ever told, always written off. But this time, just this time... We're believing again. We're dreaming again. That win against Stockport last weekend revitalised the title bid. Wrexham went top only for a few days. Stockport won in midweek against Torquay. The final day of the season. Wrexham away at Dagenham. Stockport at home to Halifax Town. In order for Wrexham to return to the promised land, they need to win. Stockport need to lose. Like we said, it's unlikely, but stranger things have happened. Nafe. Welcome to the pod this week, and I suppose, speaking of stranger things, we managed to, are we got to say, win an award, come runners-up? I think that's a silver medal. It's it's a silver medal. I mean, you'd, you'd Olympians value those silver medals, mate. So, uh, yeah, silver medal in the best podcast category, and I know we pitched it a few times on here, non-league Bible. So, yeah, thanks for anyone who voted for us. It's amazing, Rich. I mean, we just sit at home, talk about Wrexham, people... <laughs> listen to us on their walks and their commutes and uh, we get lots of lovely messages so yeah thank you very much it's uh, congratulations to the Grimsby pod who we narrowly pipped to third and to the fearless boys who got the crown so it gives us something we'll be like Wrexham next season Rich we can be the hunter and they can be the hunted I'll take it I'll take yeah, it. I'm just yeah, worried that you said that you'll take a second place finish. I'm not sure he will this weekend. Who knows? No, no, no. How that Dagging unbound, right. mate. Dagging unbound. You're going as well. I'm. I don't know. I just feel like it's this in this weird and wacky season. It's not over, is it? Until it's over, it's not. So let's keep the faith a little bit, and 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 even if even if Stockport go and finish the job, which they should, at home to Halifax, need a point. We've got to just have that momentum going into the playoffs, haven't we? Because we know now 
if we do come runner-up, it will be a game, um, a 12.30 kickoff, is it, on Saturday the 28th against one of Grimsby Town or Notts County. Yeah. One of those two teams. Exactly. And if you want maybe a little bit of pre-match optimism, how about this then? In the last five games in the National League, the form table, Wrexham are third, which, you know, is, is, is okay. Halifax are fifth, Stockport are 16th. Oof. So, you know, if Stockport still had to scrape past Torquay, it wasn't comfortable playing against, what was it, mm. 10 men. They hit the bar late on. You know, there was chances. There were certainly chances. And the pressure is all on Stockport. Of course, you know, they could shut up shop, try go for the point. But Halifax will be eager to try and reclaim third spot in the league themselves. Mm. You know, they've been excellent this season. Pete Wilde's arguably manager of the season for what he's done on, on the budget there. I think it's the lowest budget out of any team in the top half of the league, and they are fourth, only four points behind Wrexham. But, of course, they can't can't close that gap. So it's Solihull or Halifax for that final uh, place in, in, in the top three. And, yeah, who, who knows? It's going to be really difficult. I did see... I mean, I've played through sort of every scenario in my head. I mean, first <laughs> of all, actually... Can we just have a minute? We we wanted to say last week that on the podcast we wanted positivity. Uh, yeah. My score prediction: Wrexham three, Stockport nil. I'm not sure I believed it at the time, but incredible because uh, the score prediction we were giving off the microphone was slightly different. But I'm not going to take this away from you, Rich. This is your day. You won the gin. Do you win the gin the week before? Oh, at the fat ball. So how gin? about this for a bumper day? Ah, oh, here so we go. I, w- I went to the fat ball before kickoff, picked up my gin. A seamless process. Thank you very Lovely. much to, to them. I mean, I, and then, yeah, predicted the Wrexham score right. How about this though? Halftime fifty-fifty ticket, and I've got it here by my side right now. The wi- the the winning ticket last week against Stockport was zero seven zero two three. Right. My ticket. Zero seven zero two one, two tickets oh. off the grand prize as well. It would have been like the be- genuinely the best day of my life if Wrexham had beaten Stockport and I won the fifty fifty. But it wasn't to be. It wasn't to what be. What would this you time. have bought? What would you have bought if you'd have won the six hundred pounds? <sighs> I mean, I'm. I, uh, do I brag? Anything I'm you really want at this minute? Well, I'm Go playing. A, I'm playing at Old Trafford on Monday as sort of a Lovely. media pitch day. And I was thinking maybe I could hire a limo to arrive, to arrive in style or something. <laughs> I don't know where you were going with that. I thought like you might say, I'll just get a new pair of boots or I'll, I don't know, get a nice new haircut or something. But no, a limo to the ground. Yeah, uh, I mean, no. In all seriousness, I probably would have paid for next season's season ticket. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not sure what else. I mean maybe put it towards a house deposit something boring like that lovely like people no, that's, that's, game very sens- that's, that's, that's but, very sensible yeah. mate. You, you're like not going to gonna, like, buy yourself a yacht for no. a yacht down there or, or, or a bar or i could do crazy. what people tend to do on if, have you watched the one percent club which is like this new quiz show on a saturday night the one percent club no i've not i've not seen it. is it good it, it, yeah it's really good I, I was thinking maybe there could be a rexon version of it, actually so basically Rex I don't know why I'm talking club. about the one percent club, but it's like, know, it's, it's a fine. quiz show where you start off with a question that ninety percent of the population are expected to get right, and right. It slowly dwindles down. It's like elimination as well. Straight God, could elimination. you imagine a Wrexham? Could you imagine a Wrexham one percent club where the ninety percent answer is, you know, super Paul Blank? Yeah, give us exactly. the surname to to you know um, who is this man? And it's a picture of. Naughty, naughty, or it's a picture well, no, of... How uh, about this for a question, then? We'll give you the answer at the end of the pod, because I posed this to you the other day, didn't I, Nath? 
Right. I was watching a video of all of Jordan Davis's goals for Exum. Right. And I said to you, didn't I? I cannot remember what squad number Jordan wore last season. He wasn't number Not seven. Not and then I pose it to you, and we both had to Google it to get it. So without cheating now, here's a brain teaser for you. What was Jordan Davis's squad number last season? We will give you the uh, the answer to that later in the podcast. It's yeah, one that's just escaped my memory. Um, but what a player he is, anyway. It's a zinger of a question, that Rich. A zinger. I, I had no idea when you told me, and I looked it up, and I'm still surprised to be yeah. honest. It's well, it's a bit difficult because we weren't there last season, were we? So you no, don't. That's true. It did just feel like a TV show rather than an actual experience of watching the club. And of course, Naif, last season came to an end, Dagenham away. Yeah. We missed out on the playoffs. Was it a point we needed on the final day to get a, get a playoff place in the Eliminators? We missed out there. Of course, there was Paul Roverford's red card. I think Ponticelli missed quite an easy chance late in stoppage yeah. time. But we talk about a... Painful talk about a sort of documentary narrative a year on from where our season ended at Dagnum, could we finally go full circle it almost doesn't feel like the build-up to this game is about Wrexham return to the football league because it's all on stockport they're so heavily expected mm. to do it and get over the line it's like i said to the you radar. yeah like i said to you though i i i think if you'd have offered me the scenario at the start of the season where there would be a helicopter flying the national league trophy or as Tommy Cass put it, the National League Trophy is chilling at a KFC at Warwick Services. Um, I, I would have taken that. I, I just, you know, if you'd have offered me at the start of the season this situation, some people wouldn't have taken it. I probably would have done. You know, the chance of two Sundays where you could win the league and the cup, um, I, I, I would have I would have snapped the hand off for that. And and, and look, Rich, whatever happens, it, it's been a, you know an amazing league campaign. And it's and it's not going to be over, obviously, with the playoffs. But we'll be there at Dagenham. They've got their free disco on, which I I shared, and and people were loving that. So who knows? We may be partying with Dagenham's players, uh, and it, and it's one of those games where both teams have live matches. Halifax need to win. Stockport need to win, or you know they need need results. Wrexham need a result, and Dagenham need a result. So not one of the four teams is is on the beach, as they say. Yeah, I just, I mean, from our point of view, I guess you hope that the other teams battling for seventh go ahead early on and it gets through to the Dagenham crowd and their heads drop. As much as I'd well, love Chester, to see, yeah, Chester as much as I'd love to see Chesterfield miss out on the playoffs, mm-hmm. it could probably do us a favour to keep their their dreams alive for one week or whatever. If they were to, you know, get an early lead uh, in their game, which is against Woking at home anyway, yeah. And then just kill off Dagenham's sort of spirit early on. Let Wrexham get a few gold cushion. Let that sort of filter through to Edgley Park. Let's see if they can handle the pressure again. I mean, they were very confident they were never going to slip and they've managed to throw away an 11-point lead. So, you know, it's been a completely different league table since January and again, sort of since Ollie Palmer signed. And I know we're going to get onto the uh, player of the season debate later in the podcast. We've put a poll out provisionally on, on social media as well. So thank you if you voted in that. And we will be probably putting our sort of final player of the season vote live Maybe by the time you listen to this, maybe early next week, we've not really decided on that yet. But like Nave said, this could be the weekend. We could see Wrexham win the league on Sunday and then see them win a trophy at Wembley the weekend after. You've just got to enjoy it, haven't you? Oh, it's 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 it's. I mean, Rich, it's a it's the potential of a league and cup double. And if and if the league doesn't come off, there's still the potential we can go up and win a cup. So these are the moments you want. These are the big games. Stockport game was 
was brilliant from our perspective. They were terrible from theirs. I thought they played well for 25 minutes and then we, we blitzed them. Ollie Palmer's head probably needs insuring, I think, for, for the value it's given us. Um, and I think it's probably now's, now's a good time, Rich, to play. I, had a, I, I called up um, a friend, friend of mine who covers Dagenham, a guy called Joel. He's a blogger who covers Dagenham. And he maybe wasn't as optimistic as I thought for, for a Dagenham fan uh, heading into the weekend, even with their uh, kind of getting one over us last year and knocking us out the playoffs. They feel like they might feel like the away team in a way that they're expecting their crowds are about 1500, 1800. There'll obviously be 1500 Wrexham fans there at the weekend, packing it out behind the goal and just to the left of the standing. So here is my phone call with Joel, who talks us through Dagenham. As we said then in the introduction, uh, time to get a Dagenham perspective because as much as Repsom need to win and and go out there and finish the job and just try and give ourselves every chance of winning the league, still, it's a big game for Dagenham. Dagenham, a straight shootout uh, with Chesterfield for that final playoff spot after Grimsby sealed their playoff position in midweek. Uh, I'm delighted to be speaking to Joel, who runs his own uh, website about Dagenham, knows all things Dagenham. Joel, how are you feeling about the, the prospect of a Sunday? It's a massive game, 1,500 Wrexham fans at least, I think, coming down, and, and I'm sure more will be there if, if it's all to play for. Yeah, um, I'm not feeling confident, first of all, um, on account of our record against these sides within the top seven. We've only won three games against teams inside the playoffs and above this whole season and two of those in the first month. The other was in December against the Grimsby side who'd lost six in a row. So we really do struggle in those games where it's the six six pointers where it truly matters. And unfortunately, the latest of those came at Solihull where we relinquished the opportunity to have things in our own hands ahead of the final day. So it's going to be a very, very tough one Sunday. You mentioned the contingent of Rex and Sons travelling. That all had another dimension thing. It will almost feel like an away game for us in terms of atmosphere and, and the almost Welsh invasion that will be taking place. So it's going to be a struggle for us. If you're asking me if we've got the players that are good enough to beat Wrexham, then one million percent. But unfortunately, there's a big difference between having talented individuals and being a good team. And, and that's normally why we're outside the playoffs rather than inside them, which is where we should be proportionate to the budget we have. You know, if you look at it, Chesterfield have really fallen away, and, and probably, you know, probably this you shouldn't be going into this game with with a shot of the playoffs. If, if you're trying to be glass half full, do you think, you know, given you beat us cruelly, I think it was a really difficult game for us to swallow that one. But we ended up going down to ten men. You beat us and, and knocked us out the playoffs last season. Is there part of you that thinks, you know, all the pressure be on us, and, and you can just go out there, not a free hit per se, because there's something on the line, but you can go out there and, and upset the party? It, it might suit us more to have that kind of mindset where Wrexham will come out and attack us. We're quite a decent counter-attacking team. We struggle to break teams down when they put men behind the ball. We had that against Kingsland and Torquay recently where you could only draw against both. But against the Wrexham team, who are quite expansive themselves, who will pose threat. Maybe that will suit the way we play a bit more, obviously, despite our results against the top seven teams. We've consistently scored goals throughout the season. 
In fact, I think Dan and James have had more goals involving ourselves than, than any other team in the division. So we can certainly pose a threat and we've certainly got, got the players. But I can't help but feel it's just a little bit too little too late. And as you mentioned, Chesterfield, I can't see them losing again, especially at home to a Woking team who've had a series of poor results themselves recently. They've lost 3-0 home to Kingsland. So I, I struggle to think that Woking can go to Chesterfield and do a job let alone us fulfilling our end of the bargain as well. It's going to take a very unlikely series of events for us to, to make the playoffs, unfortunately. I think that's the tagline for the National League, though, just a series of strange and uh, twists and turns and events. Um, you talked to me about some of the players then, because a lot of people will know um, some of them in there, Paul McCallum being one of them, but, but Junior Morais won, I think he won Player of the Month, I think I'm right in saying that, he won Vanderham National League yeah. Player of the Month, so, you know, there are players that can hurt Wrexham. I mean, who are kind of two or three that you think pose that biggest threat to us? The man you mentioned there, Junior Marais, is, um, is in a hot seat of form at the minute. When we signed him from King's Lynn for an undisclosed fee a few months back, it was met with widespread ridicule from even our own fan base. You know, why we signed him, look at his goal record, it's terrific. We've got good enough forms at the club already. But he's been an absolute revelation. He's taken everyone by surprise. You know, I think he's got he's into double figures for us already. I think he's scored ten in his last twelve, which is up there in the division, I would imagine. So Marais is certainly one of them. Um, his strike partner McCallum, you know, has been a consistent threat in the National League for the past five six years. I saw a statistic a few months back showing that I think he scored the fourth most goals within the top five divisions over like a four or five-year period. So he's a threat and he's your typical target man. Josh Walker as well. He broke a goal drought last weekend at Solihull and it was the feeling with him that he definitely needed that goal to kickstart his form because before that, he'd been one of our best players. Miles Weston, Wrexham fans will know all about um, Weston for his marauding one down the wing during last season's two-all draw. It's fair to say he, um, he terrorised you along both flanks and he's got 10 assists this season so he poses a real danger and at 34 he really defies his age with the power and the ferocity and the pace that he possesses still so certainly we have a number of a number of players that can cause problems but with us it's always been more of a mentality thing this season you know how you can go from being the early pace setters as we were you know our first loss was a person, but even in that game we were very very dominant in the second half yeah, I know. I think we were, we were probably fortunate there to uh, come out one 0 winners, and that we we were you know we're a different team now to the one we were then. I think that was seen oh, as quite, that, that was seen as quite a good win for us. I mean, what what kind of shape do you do you set up as typically? We we've consistently gone with Phil Parkinson's three five two throughout the season, and and that's just improved now with with obviously Mullin not getting himself suspended and and having Ollie Palmer alongside him's been obviously a revelation for us. But but were you show some fluidity and match that or, or have you been going with your own three at the back how, how does Dagenham's sort of shape look on a week to week basis it's exactly the same as McMahon he's exclusively played a 3-5-2 5-3-2 whichever way you want to perceive mm. it but certainly a centre half trio he's deployed pretty much every single game since he's been at the club uh, every single one this season for sure we struggle with our centre halves because none of them are incredibly good at defending. So that's where our real 
losses have been this season. They've been through the fact that we struggled to defend. You know, look at the goals we've conceded this season. At the start of the season, we still conceded. In fact, we went one up down in most games at the start of the season. We just had the quality at the other end to negate it. Unfortunately, that's always going to be unsustainable. And I think supporters, I know I did, even when we were winning games, there was that worry that there's still some concerning trends that necessarily you won't be able to conceal with firepower every single week. Mm. And so it's proved. So it's proved, really. But no, we certainly couldn't cause Wrexham problems. But I think the power within Wrexham strike force, you know, Mullin, Palmer, even um, John Davis, who's top-class player, often goes under the radar, the fact that he wasn't a big money signing, really. Mm. But it proved so effective, especially with his free kicks. I just think those players will be too much for us to withstand, given that we don't keep many clean sheets, let alone against good sides. This is great for our confidence. I mean, we're, maybe you're lulling us into a false sense of security. I mean, it's, look, as you said, Paul Mullin, Jordan Davis, these kind of players have been incredible for a number of months now on a, on a week-to-week basis, home and away, mm-hmm. with very few, um, it's kind of very few, you know, blocked on their on their record. But there is that sense that we did go to Dagenham last season in the playoffs and ended up leaving there um, out of them. And that, you know, it was very painful, probably some of, you know, the owner's kind of worst, worst moment running Wrexham. Um What's the atmosphere going to be like, do you think? I mean, what kind of turnout will you get as, as, as the home fans? Because we know that, um, you know, while we're not encouraging it, we'll, well, we couldn't come on, on here and encourage it. There will be some fans trying to get in their ift, um, you know, if they can make it way down there and it's, and it's a title showdown. Definitely, there will be, obviously, away supporters in the home and it happens. It happens very frequently with teams who sell out their allocations and want more. Um, Wrexham fans know that it could technically be the day they win the league, depending on um, depending on Stockport's results. So, it's one of them where you'd want to be there. I know I would certainly be in the home end if my team ever sold out 1,500 tickets, which I doubt. But, we usually get around 1,000, between 1,500 and 1,800 at home. We've barely slipped below that mark this season, which is probably up on previous um, years predating the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. But yeah, 1,700, I'd say, was probably the maximum home fans we'd get. And what's, what's all this about this end-of-season disco that seems to be sort of set up for a potential Rex and promotion party? I don't know. Yeah. It seems like yeah, this end-of-season disco is a very... Uh, can be well-timed if Rex can, can see the job through and Stockport slip up? Well, looking at Stockport's games, it's certainly not beyond the realms of possibility that they draw to Torquay. Torquay have been very good recently. And they draw to Halifax. And then, obviously, three points would be enough for Rex on final day. It could happen, but personally, I think the game in hand will just be too much for Rex still in a very strong position ahead of the playoff. So what, what do you think, then, in terms of just how the game will play out on Sunday. Do you think it will be a cagey affair? Obviously, it's, 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 a, it's a rare kind of live game, and by that I mean both teams have something to play for still. You know, like you said, there's, there's a number of teams where, other than professional pride, that there's nothing on the line for them. Dagenham are in the position where it's win, you know, win and hope that Woke can pull out their end of the bargain, they get in the playoffs, and Wrexham, similarly, with, you know, needing Halifax to get a result. I mean, how do you see it playing out the game? I'll be there, and I know kind of a lot of other Wrexham fans will be there. 
it, I'm not so sure it'll be as straightforward as we kind of hope it will be. No, I agree that. I don't think it'll be straightforward by any means because, as I said, these, these players, while they've disappointed and underperformed at times this season, certainly, are very talented players. And when you've got talent, you know, anything can happen if you're good enough. So it's a rare one, as you said. There's not many games in the division between two teams who have to win on final day. Certainly not. So we've got to fulfil our end of the bargain and we should be quite ferocious in our play. Obviously, Solly all last week, unfortunately, we weren't at all. And that was very disappointing for supporters. Not only the fact that we were defeated, but the manner in which we were defeated, quite feeble, didn't really offer too much, even after going down to 10 men. You know, we hit the woodwork twice, but in terms of possession, we didn't convert that possession to opportunities anywhere near enough. It'll probably be cagey at, at times. You know, Wrexham, this is the closest they've been to ending their non-league exile, and that will probably show in the performance. I don't think they'll be as um, they'll be as all-encompassing as they have been in the previous weeks in terms of this football being perfect. Obviously, last week against Stockport couldn't have really gone much better from your guys' perspective. No, no, no not at all. <laughs> Certainly. So, that'll be massive going into it, you know, knowing you've just beaten Stockport 3-0 last weekend. That'll be huge going into a decisive final game of the season, knowing that you've got that capability to beat anyone in the league by a convincing margin. I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. I'd like to say my team would be able to turn up and really do a job. But the statistics I've said about our record against teams around us indicate otherwise. And, and the pressure's really on us, and that's why we've struggled this season. Whereas Wrexham have handled the pressure, especially the last three, four months, far, far better. As you can see then, Rich, he's not overly confident. Um, I think he's right. It, it will probably be a cagey game to start with. You know, no team will want to give too much away in the early stages. But like you say, if, if word comes through Chesterfield a 3-0 up or, or Stockport a 3-0 up, it may it may, it may kill either side's spirit off. I'm just hoping for a good game and I'm hoping that the drama, not great for our heart rate, but I hope it lasts as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I'm just hoping that we get through the game no matter what happens. Injury free, no stupid red cards or, you know what I mean, like a yellow that could get someone booked for the playoffs or, or any of that sort of crap. You know, I hope we just don't lose our heads if it's not going our way because it's been a fan mm. fantastic season. And you almost have to treat this weekend like a cup game in a way, in the fact that it's an isolated result. And yes, there's been f all these other games this season. And. That's ultimately what's going to decide the season, those 43 matches. It's not this running for, for mm. Rexon's point of view. But for one day, it almost is treated as if it's sort of a straight shootout, which is which is unfair given you know it's been a 43-game season so far. But I just hope that we keep our cool no matter what happens. Dagenham just reminds me of the sort of Woking defeat. It reminds me of the Boring Wood draw. It's one of those stadiums where you know we should hopefully be able to get a much better atmosphere going. But it's always just a bit tetchy and a bit nervy and I'm just sick of going to London I made the exception <laughs> because of what this game means but you know you have to just, be there you have to be there just mate, in, in case, case. just in, in case. case and yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see I mean in terms of Dagnum's own sort of recent results as well I know that they've 
you know, they've had some good performances, particularly that game at the race course early in the season. It was a Paul Mullen wonder goal, wasn't it, that, that won the won the tie for us. But in terms of what Dagno have done lately, they lost 3-1 at 10 men Solihull Moors, drew 0-0 with Torquay, beat Wildstone 2-1, drew one all with Kings Lynn. They had that crazy game where they beat Barnet 7-3. You know, they've beaten Bromley, they've drawn with Bournemouth themselves. They're, they're a really hard team to predict. And of course, they were the team who got knocked out of the FA Trophy, I believe, at the quarterfinal stage by York City as well. So they aren't obviously flawless. That's yeah, why they are. Did you see that? You see that game points. where it, there's a Penenka penalty by, I think it was Clayton Donaldson in like the 96th minute. A Penenka penalty. 97th like, minute. Absolute minerals. The, the minerals on a player to do that is, I feel like that's, well, Morgan wouldn't do that because he only goes for max power, but. Yeah, I saw a video of a friend of a friend who was in the away end when the Penenka goes in. It is just absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, Dagenham are that team where they're they're hard to pin down, Rich. They're hard to know. I I think it's always going to be a tough game there. And I know you put out a call on on social media of how people think the game will go, and, and maybe you could pull a few of those up. But I saw one which just said, "Don't have any regrets. You know, go there, play your game." That's it. Just, just come away positive. Come away positive, whether that's going to the playoffs or you win the league. Just don't come away with with any, or with with don't come away with too much disappointment. Whatever happens, you know, don't don't do yourself a disservice performance wise. And if Stockport hold up their end of the bargain and win the league, just keep that positivity. You just need what? What are we now? Four games away from winning a league and cup double. Three games away. Yeah, exactly. Something and like that. We've done that this season on a few occasions. We've gone on these sort of runs. So we've just got to end the season on a high, positive. There's going to be... Mm. So I think particularly, and this is just the case of any team, there's always going to be outside sort of media who don't follow the club on a weekly basis. I'm I'm not like blaming them for this either, but from their own media narrative, they've got to sort of twist it as, oh, Wrexham might have just missed out on the title. Well, yeah, we're 11 yeah. points behind, so we haven't missed out because we've never had one hand on it. Stockport had a hand on the title and they let slip. So we can't be throwing it away because we never had it in the first place. It, it's never been ours. You know, we had, you know, that enjoyable sort of euphoria last weekend against Stockport where we goaded them and said we're top of the league. But how good was that as well? You know, you were behind the goal, I was in the pad. Brilliant. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and the lap, yeah, the lap of honour at the end, listening to rocking all over the world. It was, it was just a great way you know, if that is to be the final home game of the season, it probably, like you say, looks unlikely. We're likely to be playing Grimsby or, or Notts County. But what a what a day that was, you know. What, and I was yeah, thinking what of a atmospheres. celebration of the season, wasn't yeah. it? And that I know Stockport fans got angry because we had that sort of half-time karaoke session. Fair <laughs> play to the sort of PA announcer that day. What a set list we had. We had Omar Heed, we had um, Declan Swans at half-time. What else? We had Zombie Nation. It, yeah, was just, it was incredible and it sort of sort of encapsulated Wrexham football and culture, what it's meant to, to follow the team this season. And it was just a celebration. The sun was shining, everyone was smiling, everyone was having a party. And yeah, it was just great. And that will be my sort of long-term memory of the season. Like you said, no matter what happens over these hopefully next four games, just so proud to to be a part of this and like we said we put out a call to arms on social media earlier asking for you you for your messages ahead of the weekend and like you said there Nath I think the general consensus was just do our job that's all we can do really Mm. and we've got to see 
what what happens then? The pressure's still on Stockport to go and win. You know, we can't get too angry if it doesn't turn out our way. But as long as we do our job and, and play the game, we know we can. Then we literally have done all we can on the day. Um, so yeah, we'll read out a few of them now. Actually, we got one message in from Mark Gittins, who's a real long time listener of the pod, uh, is supported us right from the start. So thank you very much, Mark. He said, "I will be there on Sunday." All we need is Halifax to win by a one-goal margin and for us to do the same at Dagenham and Redbridge. It's still on, so let's go for it. This team is something very special. See you all in Dagenham. Emma Roberts says, It's been a great season. Whatever happens, we know the team have played with passion and given their all. We will be behind them all the way. Either way, we have a great chance. It's a different team and manager this year and a different mindset. Good luck, lads. Come on the town. Dewey, who sits in front of me quite regularly, actually, in the tech end, says, I'm a bag of nerves just thinking about it. As long as they do their best, I can live with that. I've had so much fun this season. Never thought we'd be here the way we played in the autumn. God bless Ollie Palmer. And, you know, we'll maybe read some more in a minute, but that is true, isn't it, Nate? That the start of the season is what's cost us if we don't go up. And we can't sort of look at these isolated recent results, the boring withdraw, the Woking defeat. You can't say, all oh, these players are bottlers because they've not been able to deliver on those separate occasions. We've just had an incredible run of form. And what's so encouraging is I do think there's a general belief around the club that if we don't go up the season, we'll just walk it next year. Yeah, I, I think, to be honest, just to expand on that, I think there's a general belief at the club that we fear absolutely nobody in the playoffs. And... You know, speaking to people there, I had a good chat with um, Aaron Hayden's, I don't know now if it's a wife, girlfriend, partner, um, I own it really nice and, and I know we've shared some of her um, Hayden family vlogs on YouTube, they're great, go watch those if you want, go subscribe to them. Um, and she said, look, you know, he's he's itching to play, he's just not not there and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe the player final if we get there. So... And we we had a good conversation outside the ground, and we were just saying, look, what an amazing season! And also, we're we're talking a lot of people about you know what an amazing season. It's been great. It's not over yet. The best is yet to come. I think the best could yet be to come. So, you know, we've got a Wembley date. Will be more than twenty thousand there for that. Um, three tiers of Wrexham fans, and potential playoff. And and you know, in the next few weeks, Rich, you could have Wrexham winning the cup getting promoted through the playoffs or winning a league, Wales getting to a World Cup. You know, there's just, a lot of... It just of, doesn't get better than that. Look at that as a list of things that could happen. You know, say like like I say, stop but hold up there under the bargain, so be it. But we could we could still go and, and do it. And, and in a way, whatever happens, it's there's, there's some of the best moments, the moments you work all season for, they're coming now. They're here now. And they're, they're happening. Dagging them and then then it's some of the real high stakes, the highest of stakes. And I think people at the club are thinking, this is what we wanted. When Rob and Ryan walked through the door and they got Phil Parkinson in and they made the pitch to him and Rob makes his personal call to Paul Mullin and they have to try and convince Ollie Palmer and Ben Tozer and all these others, this is what they pitched. This now, in May, mid-May, we want to be in championship contention. We want to be in a cup final. And if not, we want to be going you know, the best team in the playoffs. So it's it's still on, Rich. It's still, I don't know, we're not quite in that 1% club. I think we've got more of a chance than that, but it, it's, let's, let's, let's not start talking about this season in the past tense while it's still ongoing, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the best could come. That would be worthy of a limo, I'm sure, if we could get that a double header, <laughs> no matter how it how it comes. And yeah, it's just exciting. We've had so many campaigns where they've petered out and Wrexham haven't been involved and we've had early breaks for the summer and dreaming of being sort of sugar daddied or whatever up the league. And we finally got incredible owners of the club and I know they want to say they're stewards of the club rather than that, but the co-chairman have just put so much extra excitement and enthusiasm into the town, into the football club, into everyone. And, you know, that was an important message that I read out earlier. The mindset is completely different this season. It's just a completely different side. There's been so many occasions where you say, well, we're going to wreck some this. We're not going to win it. And then we do. We talked about how we used to have this curse of playing on TV. Now we do it for fun. They're so accustomed to it, so accustomed to the expectation and they're handling it. I was going to put sort of a poll out on Twitter earlier this week saying what's been your sort of match of the season because I think of both of the Halifax games. I think of Wood at home, Stockport both times at home as well. You've got the Dover game, the Eastleigh game, Chesterfield away, Wealdstone away. There's mm. so many, but like you said, Nath, I'm hoping I'm saying, well, Dagenham away or Wembley. They're the two that stand out the most even more. So you've just got to enjoy it. And we're in this position. What a position to be in. Wrexham are second going into the final game of the season. They could win the league and they've got a guaranteed trip to Wembley as well. Yeah, if that was a quiz show, you'd be taking the money and running, wouldn't you? You wouldn't, wouldn't want to be rolling the dice too much. What a position that is to be in. And so exciting as well, Nath. And who knows? Who knows? But we will be with you every step of the way. I'm sure myself and Nath will keep you up to date from Dagenham, maybe from my journey down as well. I'll be getting the club coach on Sunday morning. Bit more local for you though, Nath? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a trip down the, the old district line, which has about 85 million stops, but much more local for me. And yeah, it's... Uh... it's it's. I don't know. I've seen some great moments at Dagenham. I've seen a Luke Young screamer. I've seen Mike Fondop come and shake everyone's hand at the end. I've seen all sorts of stuff at Dagenham. Luke Summerfield scoring a penalty. Um, it's 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 got all the hallmarks, Rich, of just being a day which will encapsulate the fifth division and and the the ruthlessness of it and and the the romance of it as well. You know, people will be re- refreshing their phones constantly and. And I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing you down there, club coach for you. Um, I'm sure we'll have a. I'm sure we'll enjoy the day, Rich. Fingers crossed. Um, I've and, literally just, uh, yeah. as we're recording this, sorry, we've had pl- <laughs> loads of more messages coming through actually to our call to arms. Oh, really? Call Too to many arms. to read out actually. But I like this one from Ben Edwards. Halifax to beat Stockport, Wrexham to beat Dagenham 1-0, Luke Young to score a worldie at injury time, his only goal of oh. the season will be the one to take us up. You heard it here first. Come on, you Reds. That'd ben, be so sweet, If that happens, I'd, mate, yeah. you've really poo-pooed my 3-0 score <laughs> prediction um, last Ooh, weekend. Nostradamus. I'd, I'd, love Luke to, I'd love Luke to score because he's had a real difficult season, I think. Not, not in terms of his own performance, but I think he... Was like we said before, you know, scapegoated earlier in the season. I think it's been absolutely excellent since probably late November, early December, especially since turn of the year. And yeah, and and I just think he's been so unselfish in, in the work he's been doing. I, James Jones has been chipping in with a few goals here and there, but oh, it'd be so sweet for Luke to to score the goal that that would win you the league. I just think brilliant.
guess as well, Nate, that probably neatly brings us on to player of the season. Then I mean, there were we sort of had our own shortlist between us, didn't we? And we narrowed it down to eight candidates we thought were sort of fairly in the running. Um, there was a mm. few comments saying, "Where's Rob Layton?" Which is understandable. <laughs> I I didn't include him on the on the eight, but he's almost a victim of his own success there, in in that he is so good all the time, you almost take him for granted. And to be fair, Christian Dibble, David de Dibble, since he's come in, he hasn't let us down at all. So I think you've got to give them collectively a lot of credit. But for me, there are sort of eight players who, who stood out the most this season. So we put out two polls. We'll get through to them, maybe the results of them in a minute. But we maybe just need to quickly speak through the candidates, would you say, Nafe? I mean, Ben Toza, unsung hero at the back. Yeah, I think I think Ben Toza often gets overlooked. Um, I, I just think what he's done in terms of improving Max, and Max deserves an immense amount of credit. We'll get on to Max. But I think, yeah, Ben has had people moving around him, different partners. He had Harry Lennon there. He had Max in there, Tyler. Um, the lesser spot Aaron, of Brisley. You know, Brisley, Aaron Hayden. He's had different people. You know, And at the start of the season, we were talking about Ben. And he's played midfield. Maybe, yeah, we talk, that's what I'm saying. We were talking about Ben as, as the CDM, you know. Um, and I think he, okay, while well, he's had games where he has said himself he's not hit his potential, how many assists has he got from that long throw? People scoff well, at it, but it's actually incredible, the numbers I, behind that. I was about to bring this up. I watched, um, I mean, I, I don't want to, I, this has gone well off tangent. I was a bit annoyed with the Wrexham official YouTube highlights of the game because the audio just wasn't, that good. Where were they, where were they recorded? What kind of what kind of dark alley were they recorded in? Yeah, I think they were they were moved from the gantry because BT Sport were using it, so they were taken right. to you know put in a, a box or whatever to do it. Which you know it's good commentary, but the actual quality couldn't it just didn't do justice to the atmosphere. It did not. So did I watched not. the highlights on BT Sport. They uploaded their full Vanarama National League highlights show to YouTube, and the first eight minutes is all Rex and Stockport, which you know inject that to the veins and Luke Garrard the Boreham Wood manager was there as a pundit for the game and I'm, I'm he said and I've not been able to check this or verify it myself but he said Wrexham have now scored 14 times from Ben Toza throws this season well I mean I trust Luke Garrard I think he'll probably he's probably done his analysis faced us not long ago that would that would check out that would make sense 14 I wonder if that's 14 before or after the one for Ollie Palmer at the weekend well, it was after the game, so I'm guessing it's oh, after the game. Okay, right, total. right. I mean, but that's what I mean. We'll get onto Ollie as well in a sec. He get he'll get so much credit for transforming the season, and Hayden gets so much credit for being so good mm. on these long throws. But you've got to give credit to the man throwing them in all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I I think he's, I think his experience is really hard to quantify in in the day to day performances and the, just the running of the club. I remember when Palmer joined. There was a picture of Ben Toza taking him out on like a captain's walk. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that Young didn't also do that. But I just think what he's giving you and giving that dressing room as, as a kind of experienced figure who's got promoted and knows what it means to lead a team, I think is invaluable. And, yeah, he's he was deserving, I think, of being within the eight. Um, definitely. 100%. So you've got Ben Toza. We've already mentioned the other two there then. Aaron Hayden and Max Cleworth. I mean, for me, I think Aaron Hayden's been the most impressive centre-back. But then Maxi, what an incredible breakthrough season he's had. He's destined to win Young Player of the Year, isn't he? He has That's, been yeah. sensational. He's been incredible. And it was interesting that Humphrey said recently, Humphrey Carr, that he thinks Max is his player of the season. 
um, just because of, you know, there was expectation of the expectation on Mullen to deliver, expectation on Palmer to deliver, Hayden, Tozer, etc., etc. Jordan with his new contract. And um, I, I, I can see the argument for that. I think Max will, will, will 100% win Young Player of the Year. His temperament's incredible. You know, right in front of me in that Stockport game, Paddy Madden tries to rough him up. And he doesn't really react. The next minute, Callum McFadzian's coming steaming in like a mate at a party who's going to come and back you up when he doesn't even know what's happened. Um, McFadzian was just steaming in there, which is great to see. Uh, and I just think Max is so serene. Physically, he's great. He's developing all the time. Uh, and he will be a really, really good centre-back for years to come, whether that's with us or whether that's higher. I, I think the, the sky's the limit for him. And Hayden, I think, is a real... I, I think had Hayden not suffered the injury, which I know hasn't taken him out of too many games, and it might not affect him even so, I think he's a real club official player of the year candidate. I think he's one of the front runners for that award. I think he's I think he's barely put a foot wrong. Honestly, I think he had a slow start and he himself admitted he was struggling to adapt. Well, not struggling, he just needed time to adapt to the level. He It maybe took him a little bit by surprise. And I spoke to Manny Smith recently, that's for a podcast coming soon, where he said he sort of scoffed at the idea of playing in the National League. And when he joined, it took him a bit of time to, to really figure it out and, and, and get to grips with it. So, yeah, Hayden's, Hayden's been marvellous. The, the, all the defenders you can make cases for, I think, those those back three. Harry Lennon, we were saying, Rich, you know, had he not got injured mid-season, he, he would have been right in there, I think. Exactly. And there's we just sport for choice this year, which is such a luxury to have. I mean, in previous years, there's been one or two candidates and it's almost just been, again... I remember, was it three, four years ago? I remember when David De Gea won the United Player of the Year. He said he was ashamed to win it because it was such mm. an embarrassment of a season. And it almost felt like that in an instance for Wrexham during these non-league years that we were giving out an award after a season of failure. And yes, players can play well in a team that's not done well. But you know, to be performing this well for a team who have been so good this season is just testament to the group of players yeah, we have and award. testament to the quality we have and then we get onto midfield then we've mentioned Luke Young he was scapegoated at the start of the season because we needed to find a scapegoat for our poor early season form which to a degree is understandable but it shouldn't have been Luke Young he went mm. out of the team we got even worse he came back and we got better and then next to him James Jones who I thought was one of the worst I thought he had the makings of one of our worst ever signings but he has now adapted. He's overcome those early season struggles and he has been incredible. I know a player player. who just hasn't put a foot wrong for almost, what is it, five months now? Yeah, but he's been a brilliant player um, since the turn of the year. I think we cannot underestimate, you know, his battle with long COVID. That's obviously had a factor in his in his struggles. Again, adapting to the league and, and, and the midfield, it's no coincidence that the midfield as a unit has massively improved second half of the season. I, I, I honestly don't think James Jones will be in contention for the main award um, just because it, of that kind of chalk and cheese, Jekyll and Hyde type season. But there's no reason why next season he cannot go on and, and, and dominate and, and, and win that potentially to cancer. I know last year I was banging the drum for Riesel Johnson. I think you were campaigning for Luke Young and you ended up getting that right and predicting that one right. So um, we'll leave our predictions for now, I think, Rich. But making the cases, yeah, James Jones, Luke Young... It, it's so tricky because the defence have been really good and caught headlines and the strikers are going to get there. So, And they've got someone else in midfield as well that I think is probably the leading candidate, would you say? Or, or one of the real front runners in Jordan Davis? 
I think it's a straight shootout between Davis and Mullen. And I think Davis's numbers have been incredible, but Mullen was dragging us through games at the start of the season when we were playing bad. And we used to say that to win a match, we just need to hope Mullen produces a moment of magic. And I think that Paul Mullen, for me, would be the favourite to win player of the season. Jordan Davis just behind him. And then, like we said, you've got Ollie Palmer, who has absolutely transformed everything. And even if Jordan Davis and Paul Mullen were playing as well as they have done right now since January, we wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for Ollie Palmer. And I know there's a caveat to that because the entire point is that Palmer's made everyone better. He's been so instrumental in what we've done. And you could almost argue that if you were choosing the award, the award based on which player would you miss the most if he was out with the team, you could you could say that's Ollie Palmer. Because without Ollie Palmer, we are a completely different side. We've got replacements at centre-back if we need them. We've got replacements in midfield if we need them. If Mullen was having an off day, which he's had a few this season, you have got Jake Hyde, you've got Dior, you've got Ponticelli. Mm. But do you have another Ollie Palmer? It's I, I think that he he's unfortunate that he's only joined in January because obviously that's probably not going to do him any favours in, in the running for... Player do we have a year, do we but... have a pl- do we have a players player? They must have a players player. Yeah, they should the season. do. Because I do wonder that one will be the one when when the results come out. That one will be the one that interests me, because obviously there's a lot of fan sentiment around Jordan and Mullins. You say I think those two will be the kind of front runners, and I'd hope for Aaron Hayden's sake that he gets the recognition he deserves in getting a top three position. Or I don't know if it will be announced. They just announced one, but I, I hope that he, you know, all the different fan groups will get. I wonder if eventually we'll have a Rob Ryan Red Player of the Year. Who knows? Um, but I know the kind of Gwessel Reds and London Reds and all that will have that. Manchester Reds have announced that Paul Mullen is their Player of the Season officially. So congratulations to him. I voted that for Paul Mullen as well. Did I you? must say, Paul Mullen. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I might be banging the Jordan Davis drum uh, post Dagenham. So we'll see. But yeah, Jordan Davis' contribution has been incredible. Ollie Palmer. I'm just interested to see if Ollie Palmer gets the nod as Player's Player. Or whether they're going to go with yeah. Paul or Max or Ben, it'd be really interesting to see that because they may go for somebody more unsung. Yeah, and you know, again, they see. We've seen that in recent weeks. I mean, was it after we beat Stockport in the trophy? Palmer and Mullen were saying Dibble should be man of the match because without him, we don't we're not in a position to then go. Oh and yeah, the game we were there. Him. We were in the Bamford suite, weren't we? Are you not that? entertained? All that. Yeah, all and right. then. A player who, again, won't get any credit. He's not been here long enough. Callum McFadzian absolutely monopolised the left wing-back role. We miss him so much when he's not there. There's just We're spoiled for choice. And like you said, I think ultimately what's so good, though, Naif, is that the players won't, won't be too bothered who wins player of the year because they're no, all such no. a collective and they're all operating for one another and for Wrexham to be winning games, not for themselves to be moving up the leagues or to have their own sort of self-gratification. They are just in it for for the right reasons. And again, and this will bring us on to the the interview we're going to play in a few minutes, isn't it, Nate? You've got to give credit to Parkey and his staff for you know guiding us over those choppy waters and for having this real good squad ethic. Yeah, I mean, look, Parkey deserves an immense amount of credit. You know, it's I think anyone who's listened to this podcast all the way through and, and some of the other, you know, different podcasts, different clubs, it's a journey. Rich, it's a journey through the season. You've 
lived the season along with us and we're just fans that are reacting in real time to things and that's what it's all about and it doesn't feel five minutes ago that it was Marine away and you'd taken Chloe with you and, and what, questioning what the hell you were doing with your weekend and you know I'd been uh, I can't even think early on South End and uh, people had gone up I remember we spoke to Tommy Kaus after Grimsby and we were talking about should we abandon 352 and, and what, what is Parky got to go and, and all these other million things and yeah, he just deserves an immense amount of credit because he's stuck to his philosophy, and and it and it's paid off. And and again, speaking to people at the club, they said there was a meeting in November, I think it was, and Parky said, "I I need Ollie Palmer to to Robin Ryan." He said, "Look, that's the guy I need. That's the guy that will make all of this work." And he's been proven right, and he's been vindicated, uh, and he's there. He's right there now. He's right there with the chance to to take Wrexham up and, and, and go down in Wrexham folklore for ending this real barren spell in, in, in non-league. So I think, like you, said, like you say, Rich, talking up Parky, it's probably a good time to um, play a phone call that I had, another phone call. It's always my kind of phone book that, that this is, um, with the one and only Mickey Thomas uh, driving home from his golf, round of golf with some friends, uh, driving home from his golf. So the audio is him through his car speaker which, you know, isn't the crispest, but it's fine. Hopefully you can understand Mickey. And the reason I wanted to speak to Mickey, Rich, was because of the Stadium for the North campaign. Now, there is a petition going around. Please do go and sign it. The link will be in the description for that. Uh, to help deliver a new cop, you know, to help us get a fourth-sided, fourth, fourth stand and, and complete the ground, it's really important. And, and this goes beyond... Ryan and Sean Harvey and, and Humphrey and this goes beyond that this is government level stuff and 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 re you know really transforming Wrexham and, and bringing back a cop end that could bring Wales games back up there and anyway I, I I'm not going to be able to sell it as, as good as Mickey so without further ado here is my chat early this week with Mickey Thomas Mickey, obviously you're 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 fronting it with with Malcolm and, and a few other people. Obvious early question, but, but why is it so important that people show their support, sign sign the signature, and sign the petition? Because I think, well, you know, I, I, from a very early age, obviously I first went to see a Wales game, first game I ever seen at the Racecourse Ground, and what it is, I have to say, is that it captured me and that you know and. The Welsh people have been stars over the years of having a national game of any magnitude, whether it's women's or men's and that. I think, it, you know, it's got to have a balance and I think, you know, North Wales deserves it because they've been very loyal to, obviously, Wales over the years, travelling all the way down there. And a lot of people now can't afford it. You know, it's not easy out there, is it? No, no, you know? it's not It's not, not easy. And, you know, people have made those long, long trips and it's for some younger, yeah. for some younger fans, they've never known. Welsh football at the race course, which must be staggering for people like yourself and others. Yeah, and I bet my first ever game uh, as a a Wrexham player and uh, then my first ever goal for Wales against England. I've got great memories. I've seen that ground packed to the Raptors, so I understand it. You know, it's absolutely massive in terms of, you know, capturing North Wales young kids and that, you know, because when they go there, they'll always want to go back and that, you know what I mean? They want to go back again. it's something that you never forget as a kid. And I think some, you know, they're being starved of that. They're not getting that opportunity to see. 
something like that. And I think it's totally unfair. I understand Cardiff is the national thing of Wales, whatever. But, you know, I, I think they should consider it very, very seriously to do that. What, what, what are some of your, you know, as a player or just going there as a Wrexham fan, what, what are some of your favourite cop memories? Because for a lot of people, they look at the cop as, as, as run down and nostalgic for some people, but also quite well, a sad sight for a lot of people as well. Yeah, unfortunately, the new generation or the new fans of Wrexham, you know, don't understand what mm. it's all about because. I, I remember beating Rotherham seven once a game for motion. That you couldn't get any more on the ground. That cop was absolutely bouncing. I scored the first goal in that game, and you know you you can see the action and the atmosphere and the people's faces. That so you know that needs to, to make it a proper football ground as well. That needs to be done anyway. It needs to be brought back to life. You know it, it needs to be brought back again. As I said, been there before. Let's bring it back again. Obviously, seeking allocation is important, but 5,600 behind that goal will have a massive effect on anyone that participates in any sort of sport, or even in no contest in that, mm. you know? And, but you, you see the club now and, and the way the club's going in the right direction. You know, a four-sided ground's crucial, isn't it, to, to just developing even further and, and bringing the well, club as, as, making it as big as possible? Well, what you said is, is crucial, you know, you want to go bigger, you want to go better. Everything has to change in terms on the on the football pitch and off the on and obviously the facilities and that have got to be changed for for the better, you know, and it's only gonna increase the value. And it's not just you know the, the football ground that benefits, it's everyone connected all around the Repton area or North Wales will you know see a lot more people coming into Repton and that. So that will be a big thing for them as well. Mm. Um, you know, you were there at the Stockport game. I thought the atmosphere was brilliant, but you could just imagine the kind of a, a fourth stand there. What that would have done, just giving fans behind the goal well, even more. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know Wrexham in the long league at the moment, but you know, you got to look, as you said before, you got to look at the future, and the future looks at this moment in time very, very bright, and it looks like you know we, we, we're going to go to better things, and it looks like it could be fast tracked if we continue as we do on the football pitch at this moment in time. Yeah, no, I mean, it's totally, it looks like that, you know, they, they're looking to build, build, and it will come, and that kind of, that kind of thing, and, and the demand. It's an attraction. Yeah. Yeah. The attraction, yeah, yeah, the demand's massive. Yeah, yeah and I, 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 as you know yourself, to, to be the rest of as well, is that, you know, if you look at, it's, I don't like to say, but, I won't mess about this non-league as quickly as we can, So, because we don't deserve to be where we are, but we are, but, you know, the investment have got a good history in football. Everyone knows Wrexham. Mm. Not because they're Hollywood stars, you know, they, they've already created their own sort of history, Wrexham. Yeah. And, it, you know, we want to bring that back to life as well. And, you know, I know certain things that people remember from the Arsenal games, etc. I remember, I remember a lot more than that and what it's done for me as a young kid and Joey, my best mate, mm. what it's done for us. And it can do a lot more for other people like you know, the youngsters coming through. Yeah, uh, yeah amazing. And while I've, while I've got you there, Mickey, obviously you're at the Stockport game and it's, it's given Wrexham a chance. I think we spoke a while ago and you said it was still it was still on, Wrexham would still win it all. Do you think there's still a chance, isn't there, going into the final day? You, you, you know what? You know, football, you can never predict 
you know, when we were guaranteed, before we beat Rotherham in 7 1 that season, we were guaranteed to go up the season before. We had Mansfield and Chris, Crystal Palace and Mansfield and at home, and we only actually had, I think it was a draw, so we didn't get it. So the pressure's on Stockport, there's no question. You know, we're hoping we get it. We, we have, you know, got, how can I say it? Like, it's not on our hands. No, 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 it's not. So we have to hope and pray that it does go our way eventually, and, and it can. And, but I, I said it yesterday or the day before, I wasn't being arrogant of Cotty. If we don't go Porsche Master, we're going up anyway, because mm. there's nothing that playoffs that we be. There's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. And, and, so, and, and you kind of, of, of this group then, I mean, the, one of the big chats we've had this week, myself, Richard and others, about player of the season, and there's a lot of players you can make cases for. Is there anyone for you that really, when yeah, you've watched, player, has stood out? Yeah, the player of the season, the manager. The, uh, Phil Parkinson, yeah. Yeah, because he's got, I mean, Mullen, obviously, the goal scorer. I mean, you know, we... He's a, he's a truth that I came, he didn't score goals, yeah. Johnny. Oh, yeah. And, he's always, uh, and, he's very, uh, and I think to single out someone would be totally unfair because you get where you get by not being one individual. You get there as a team. And, you know, there's no question, though, you can have a player that's obviously helped you along the way, but if you look at it and analyse it, scrutinise it, it's a team effort, isn't it? You know, mm. combination and everything, and having all the right ingredients. You know, um, goals winning matches, there's no question. But so defensively as well, you know, you've got to look at that as well. You know, defensively, you know, you've got to give credit to them as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, Max has come in and done really, you know, and done really well for oh. the academy. He's been, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Is yeah. it, for the, you know, for the yeah. young player of the year, I think he will deserve that it's, and will deserve the plaudits for that. Everyone talks about the goal scorers because they get the goals to win the game, but you never get the people that make the goals or stop mm. the goals. They never get the credit they deserve. You know what I mean? They're just an important part of a team. And sometimes, you know, goalkeepers can change it. You know, we had the luxury of super shop goalkeepers we've got at the moment. Mm. Ladies out there in Italy and all that, but, you know, Dibbles come in and in different circumstances and it's been outstanding. Yeah, I remember listening to you. I was speaking to Simon Davis recently, and you were you were at Marine with him, and and we were struggling at that point in the season. From from what you've seen this season, it, it, do you pick up Parkinson because it's completely transformed? You know, he stuck to his belief, didn't he, of three five two and everything. Managed to get all his armour, and and, and it, the the mood around him and everyone has, has completely changed. People say, oh, well, they're spending money, they should be, they should be getting promotion, they've got all that mm. money and that blah, blah, blah. But, you know, money, just, I, I, I always say, as I've always said about this league, it will enhance your chance if you've got some fucking backup. Yeah. Who we Forest Green and Blakewood and that, who had that money, proves mm. that. But you've got to get the right man in, like, you know, people on, on, that, on that football pitch. You've got to get, you know, obviously, Palmer and that, and, mm. and um, Conversations about you know Wrexham being in non-league painful for, for for you know players that have played much much higher like yourself. If we get out, we've got a chance, haven't we, to really 
kick on and go up and up? Well, you know, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I know anything goes on behind the scenes, but what you just said there is very, very, very big question mark because you have, you've got to keep on doing what you're doing and believing. As long as, you know, the Americans are, you know, are there and, you know, they, they keep their profile, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's to put their back in. You just said something before, you know, you have to spend, mm-hmm. and, you know, no respect to these players, but football, as you well know, and I'm, I'm not just saying this, there will be changes made for the better. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you might be doing all right now, but might not be able to do it at a different level, you know what I mean? Mm. But, you know, yeah, but of, of that level then, Mickey, I mean, one player we, we've spoken about a lot, Jordan Davis, is he, oh, somebody, is he, somebody, yeah, is he somebody you look at and go, you know what, he can play a lot higher, he can play higher. I, I, I've, I've told him, I spoke to him not long ago, before a game, I said, you know, there's no question you're, you know, you're up for better than this standard, you know, and I'm sure he's on the radar of one or two clubs already, you know, mm. um, and with, with his ability, I mean, you know, his left foot, he's got a magical left foot, he's very you know, he's very elegant the way he plays, and I, and I like that, you know, and he's a match winner, because he can score free kicks, he scores goals, but also the goal he made in the night for more the ball through was, you know, an incredible pass. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'm, you know, people will be knocking on the door for someone like him. You know, whether you like it or not, it will happen. You know, calculation and papers and that is not the lie. They'll, they'll make stories and, you know, that could unsettle him. I don't know. He's been up right, hasn't he? He's mm. been up right. But, you know, but for, you him, know? for him, if we do change and, and go up and up, he's that kind of local lad that still gives you that, you know, people well, feel close, if you know what I mean. You know what it's like. Well, and that, you know, as much United, I'm going to a different level here, but yeah. as much showed last night, the youth structure of any football club, and that is more so with Repton, because that's where they can make their money. Yeah. And it has, been, it has been a fantastic production line over the years. That has to be a priority in, and, you know, in that respect, because that's where you make your money. That's where, like, because uh, you've seen now the defending club, but, you know, yeah. he looks, you know, he, he looks like Rich, then I don't know. Maybe you can round us out. I'm excited for Dagenham. Um, and let us know. I know we've got lots of messages. Someone's just put the South Wales Reds, of all people, have just put... Um, Pub, look, this is a team that deserves promotion. Go out and grab it. We haven't put six past anybody this month, 6-0 to the Hollywood Reds. Now, I'd take that all day of the week, uh, even if we don't get the job done in terms of the league. 6-0 would be a cracking away day. Rich, anything else? At Rob Ryan Red for Twitter, as always, if we haven't said that already, and Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com. Any final words, Rich? So see, nearly over. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy, really, just how it's gone by so quickly but like I said there's so many twists and turns left left it's been a roller coaster season like we said at the top of the podcast it's very unlikely that Wrexham will win the league this season but it was very unlikely that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney would buy the club in the first place stranger things have happened you've got to keep the faith you've got to keep dreaming our hope will always be there wherever Wrexham will be no matter where they are in the country which league they're playing who the opposition are we'll be there we'll be back in the boys we'll be making some noise Bring on Dagnum. 
bring on the final few weeks of the season. It's going to be a roller coaster. We'll be there every step of the way. Thank you so much for supporting us over the past season as well. All that's left now then is Dagenham away on Sunday. What will be, will be, we're going to Wembley. Where else will this season be taking us? Thank you very much. Take care. We'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.